One down, one to go. Part two of covering the Commonwealth right now. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the JMU Dukes. With Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, a pleasure to speak with you in the fast lane. Have we had a pseudo-changing of the guard atop the Conference USA, excuse me, not Conference USA, atop the Sun Belt? Get your conferences right. Thank you, Trey. I mean, they'll all blend together in the near future, that's a dollar not for, there yet. That's a dollar for the jar. The virtual swear jar in the eyes of JMU and Liberty fans. Have we had, though, a pseudo-changing of the guard atop the Sun Belt men's basketball not just standings with Appalachian State sweeping JMU, but maybe the team projected to get the nod to the NCAA tournament as well. I think, yeah, to some degree at least. Um, Appalachian State's just proven to be a real tough matchup for JMU. I mean, you look at kind of the overall records, the the analytics and where they still are and Ken Palm and net rankings and all that stuff, and most of those things have JMU still as the better team kind of but they they just do not match up with App State very well and um, they they have to limit leading late at home and not finishing that game out because um, yeah with the sweep of the regular season App State's definitely got a huge advantage as far as getting a number one seed in the conference tournament. So you referenced that particular point about the Dukes of JMU struggling with Appalachian State. You've seen those games both of them now what has stood out to you about that matchup that is flummoxed Mark Byington's squad? I think, you know, there, there's a couple things. They, they like to go to the basket hard, and App State is an incredibly good shot-blocking team. They, they blocked 12 shots against JMU the other night. Um, they're, if they're not leading the country in block shots, they're, they're right up there in the top three or four. Um, I haven't checked super lately, but um, I know they're up there, and yeah, that that's a tough thing. They're just a tough team too. I mean, JMU kind of out physicals a lot of teams. They they don't get pushed around, but they they play against that state, and you can tell it kind of affects them when they go to the to the rim and their shots aren't falling. Um, so I think those are two of the big things. The JMU hasn't shot threes extremely well against that state either with the exception of late in the game on Saturday when they kind of made a comeback and didn't quite get over the top. Yeah, it's been something that's really given the JMU Dukes fits. The analysis does not. It's always good from Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record who's with us here in the fast lane. Shane, Coastal Carolina Thursday, Old Dominion Saturday. Two rivalry teams, one more than the other with Old Dominion being uh, the Royal Rumble as we like to call it when the Dukes and Monarchs square off. Is this what the doctor ordered, though? Two teams at the bottom of the Sun Belt? Yeah, I think so. I mean, those are two games that they really ought to win, especially at home, um, kind of get back back into it. I mean, the Sun Belt's proving to be a tough, tough place to league to play on the road in. I mean, you're seeing, you know, the standings have kind of went back and forth depending on who's played their, you know, four-game home stretch, which everybody seems to have one in the Sun Belt. And, um... Yeah, to, to get back home, get a chance to play in front of the home fans, and hopefully, if you're JMU, win comfortably a couple of these games. I think they can kind of get their their momentum back. But um, 
you also in a rivalry game like ODU, anything can happen, and they, they've made some changes. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, especially with Jeff Jones, unfortunately, with the health scares that he's experiencing, having to take medical leave, including the uh, cancer that's returned to him. There's uh, that's the unfortunate part of that, but it is what it is. And uh, we get the analysis on it from Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Much appreciated. All right, thanks. Now to the Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson, play-by-play voice for Radford, who's back with us once again in a moment here in the fast lane after they went down to UNC Asheville this past Wednesday. They dropped that game, couldn't quite reel in the Bulldogs. They came back and were rather convincing against Presbyterian. They hit the magic number 73-58, to but the thing about that game that will get under my skin is at one point it's 71-56 with under a minute to go. And you're going to the replay monitor and taking multiple minutes to review a play that has no consequence on the outcome. I get being precise, but that is just one that's under my feathers. But personal uh, commentary aside. If we're going with uh, that, I had to put money in the uh, the jar there. I, I hit the wrong button on the board. Well, Trey and I are both giving money back to, well, we don't know. Maybe it'll be to our Save Ourselves Fund, uh, SOS. Anyway, We're back with Rick Watson. We keep receipts. Yes, we do. Rick Watson with us here in the fast lane. Rick, after the loss to UNC Asheville, the Highlanders get a much-needed victory against Presbyterian. How big was that win this past Saturday to bounce back after the loss down in North Carolina? I think it was pretty large. I mean, um, you know, obviously, you know, Presbyterian had struggled coming in in conference play, but the thing that impressed me was that you saw guys kind of spread the ball around without – Chandler Turner for the second straight game and the defense was really good because the one thing Presbyterian had for it it was the top shooting team in the conference they were shooting just under 50 percent and the Islanders held them to 35 percent so I think it was a nice bounce back heading into the home game here on Wednesday before the next four out of five on the road. Yeah, you mentioned that. Coming up Wednesday, it's Charleston Southern. Then on Saturday, it's at USC Upstate. Teams on the bottom portion of the Conference USA, excuse me, not the Conference USA, back to the virtual square jar for me, of the Big South standings, how crucial is it for Radford to take care of business these next handful of games? Especially, I know they're not looking too far ahead, but we can, a February 14th date against Winthrop looming. Well, it really is. I mean, these are the games that you need to go out and win and kind of set a tone for February. I think, you know, you and I spoke last week. February now is the goal to start trying to turn things around and kind of rebooting the season down the stretch here. So you're trying to get as close as your best basketball as you can those three days in March. So it is big. I mean, these are games that, you know, Radford was picked second in the league. You know, you're supposed to beat CSU. You're supposed to go on the road and, and play well and beat upstate. So, We'll see how they handle that. But as you know, I mean, the toughest thing to do is win conference road games, no matter what sport you're talking about. So we'll see how they handle it this week. Rick Watson, the play-by-play voice of the Radford Highlanders. You mentioned the challenge of doing that. How much better equipped is this team to win road games now than they were even a couple of weeks ago, especially having gone through that gauntlet that may prove to be a deciding factor in these type of skirt stretches, but the win at Longwood and then the trip to Winthrop right after that? Yeah, I think um, when you look at the way Radford started their entire conference schedule, you know, and before that they opened with High Point, who's still undefeated. I think that did prepare them a little bit because it's really the toughest three games that any team's going to play in the league back-to-back-to-back. So now they can go on the road. And it's just like Darius says, the head coach, he just says, you know, guys, just go out here and take care of yourselves. We take care of ourselves. We're going to be okay in all the other areas. And 
um, getting Chandler Turner back is going to not only be a big presence on the floor, it's going to be a big emotional lift for these guys. So let's just uh, get through January, hopefully with a dub on Wednesday, and see what February brings. Yes, we will, and we'll be listening as well this coming Wednesday, 6.30 airtime on the VTRN Roanoke app, your home for Radford Highlanders men's basketball. A pleasure to be speaking with you, Rick, once again in the fast lane. We'll chat again in another week after another pair of games. All right, enjoy it as always. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? So maybe it's not going to be Ben Johnson after all. There are now reports coming out that perhaps there might be other candidates in mind for the Washington Commanders as they look to fill their head coaching void. They and the Seattle Seahawks, the only NFL teams right now with head coach openings. Joining us now for the latest on it from Bowie TV and Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Candy Waller back with us once again in the fast lane. Candy, great to have you back in the fast lane. Are you getting that sense as well that maybe it's not Ben Johnson's job to lose in D.C.? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as soon as the Baltimore Ravens uh, lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, shortly thereafter, right? It's like, hey, they went ahead and scheduled Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver. Now, that could have literally been their decision, meaning the interviewees saying, hey, let's just try to get through this. Let's, you know, if we win, then let's discuss when we can meet again. But if not, let's try to figure it out. Since they didn't win, trying to get them in today was a big sign to me, at least. Like, oh, because it is Senior Bowl week. And I said, okay, they're trying to get them in before they do the Tuesday interviews. To me, that was kind of telling. Yes, it is. It is telling indeed because of that. Is it Mike McDonald, the other candidate that you've hinted at? Is there someone lurking in the weeds, so to speak? What direction cough, do you cough, get? Cough, cough, Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you sense, <laughs> I mean, I've always thought, you know, Mike McDonald was at the top of, of Bowie TV's um, head coaching list. It was actually Mike McDonald one, Ben Johnson two. So you cannot go wrong either way. Seriously, you really can't. This team cannot go wrong either way. I know that there's a lot of... Um, folks that are in favor of Ben Johnson just from the progress and all that has happened with the Detroit Lions over the last couple of years since he's been in that role. So, yes, it would be super to have him as well. But I do think a a, a Mike McDonald and even potentially an Anthony Weaver tandem might be in the works as well. Ooh, there it is. Another lurking dark horse from Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment and Bowie TV. Candy, a pleasure to have you in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna Danville Southside, and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. When we connect, hopefully at some point next week, is I gather, I saw, saw correctly, you and Karina Parks are going to be tag teaming it out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. We hope to be able to connect with you guys, of course, from out there. Will we have a resolution by that point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the commander should absolutely know who their head, their next head coach will be this week. That is that is definitely the anticipation there. That provides the clarity we need. Seawall, a pleasure to speak with you in the fast lane. And yes, hopefully we can connect next week uh, when you and Corita Parks are out live in Las Vegas. Yep, hopefully. Just give me a shout. Indeed. Candy Waller with a Live here. from the sphere, question mark. I mean, are you going to go there? <laughs> oh, my she goodness. Hung. She hung up. I guess she yep. didn't want to answer that question. Well, she thought she was going. I was trying to sneak one more question in. But that's a, you know what? That's a question for next week. We'll tease that up. It is. <laughs> 
We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, thank you for joining us today in the Fast Lane, Trela VT, Fast Lane, Ed Lane. Wherever you connect with us, we're back tomorrow afternoon, 5 to 6.